<laughs> Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, that you're here. Lord, we thank you that you're the God who speaks. And we want to come with open hearts, open ears to hear what you've got to say through Alan. We thank you for Alan, for his time that is given to seek you for the word this morning. And so, Lord, we want to be attentive to what you're going to say, because we believe that your word transforms our hearts. So we pray for him and we pray for us. Lord, and ask that you may speak clearly to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I was going to just about say good morning, but of course it's, 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 it's an unusual situation that we're actually here in the afternoon. So um, I'll say good afternoon to you all, and uh, it's my privilege to be able to wish you all a very happy new year. Um, and I wanted to, to start off by thinking about uh, the fact that it, the date has changed. It's a, it's a new year. We're now in uh, 2023. Um, it, there was a time when I was much younger that I used to look forward uh, to, to the year 2000. And uh, I used to think to myself how I've been very old by then. And here we are in 2023, and uh, I'm a little older than I might imagined I would have been. Um, but what is it? What is this changeover from one year to the next? In many ways, it's, it, today is another day. Um, it's, it's, it isn't really special in, in a sense, but, but we mark it, and it's, it's something that we um, take time uh, to uh, I don't know, celebrate, but to actually acknowledge it's happening. And you may know that a year is actually the time it takes this earth that we're on to actually go all the way around the world and get back, all the way around the sun and get back to where it was a year ago. Um, <clears throat> and I was thinking about this and uh, looking at some of the other planets. Um, <clears throat> because if I was on the... Uh, on, on the planet Mercury, whose year is only 88 days long, I'd be 311 now, um, which is a scary thought, isn't it? But had I been on Saturn, I'd only be two and a half years old. How about that? So there is benefit for space exploration. Uh, <laughs> um, but we do use the years, don't we, for things. We count how old we are. And uh, we, we, we use the year markings as reference points to our journey and, and our experience. Um, so here we are in 2023. Uh, and, and I was just thinking that today, for me, this is a real privilege to be able to stand and talk to you um, today because I believe that God... Uh, has, has given me a word uh, that wants to set the tone for the year um, or, or set a context for all that's going to follow. So not to put more pressure on those who will preach in the weeks to come, but uh, I think it's important sometimes to just take stock and, and think about what it is uh, that God is taking us through. And there are phases and there are um, times of our lives, seasons in which we go through and as a church, as individuals 
there will be a context to this coming season, this coming time. Um, <clears throat> this, this word that I wanted to share with you this morning began uh, a little time recently when our life group um, would come to the end of a, a series of studies and we had this odd week to fit in between uh, the end of that and, and Christmas. And we, de- we decided, I decided, that we would spend the evening sharing with one another verses that we thought were significant uh, to us. And, and this, this, this verse, or verses that I want to share with you today, are the ones that came, became significant to me on that evening. Um, my natural tendency when I'm thinking of things that are important uh, uh, in terms of scriptures is, is, is immediately to go to Philippians. I, I, I love the book of Philippians. Um, I like it because it's distinctly different amongst Paul's letters in as much as talking very much about himself and what he's trying to do and the, the joy that he has found rather than tell people off for what they're doing, which he tends to do in a lot of the other letters. Um, <clears throat> and it, it's, it's one of the letters that Paul wrote towards the end of his life, towards the end of his ministry. Um, he actually wrote it while he was in prison in Rome and he sent it off to the Philippians. And maybe he thought about the Philippians because when he was in Philippi, he actually went into prison. And it was there where he and the other apostles sang and suddenly the chains broke and the doors flung up, flew open. And so maybe that was in his mind as he was writing to them and why perhaps he wrote more about how he was feeling rather than about what they were doing. Um, <clears throat> I also remember that... When we were in America, uh, we, we looked for a church. We found a church, and shortly after we found a church, uh, the pastor there got the sack. And uh, we thought, well, that's rather strange, because the reason we joined is because we liked the, the, the truth that this guy was preaching. And uh, suddenly he was on his way. Um, and just about that time, we had a visit from somebody who those of who are as old as me might remember. Uh, a guy called David Weatherly. And David was a, a very encouraging person. I thought, there's this guy, Rick, who was the pastor, who's really upset because he's just lost his job and he doesn't know what he's going to do. <clears throat> and here's this man who really encourages people. And it seemed to me a quite natural thing to put the two together. <clears throat> and so they did, and they talked, and they prayed. And <clears throat> the one thing that Dave Weatherly said to Rick was my advice is that you go away, you read Philippians, and you memorise it. And um, a few months later, Rick was saying to, uh, to me, um, because we then followed Rick into a new situation, and uh, <clears throat> that that had been a turning point in his life. Uh, he began to see things quite differently. Anyway, I want to uh, take you to these verses. And it's Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 and to 13. And Paul writes these, these things. He says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. So he was talking to them about they wanted to, or they had sent him gifts and to show their love towards him, and he was, in a way, thanking them for that. 
It says, not that I, was, uh, I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And it's this verse uh, 11. It says, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Um, so this is Paul who's wrote, written this. And Paul, you may, if you've studied him and looked at his, his life, uh, he had considerable ups and downs. Um, when he talks about, in every circumstances, I've learned to be content, he had some pretty uh, or strange and extensive circumstances to cope with. To give you a flavour of this, if, if, if we turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, there's a, a little summary of some of the things that, that Paul uh, had to deal with uh, in his life. Um, and we break into a discourse where he's comparing himself with other people or his thinking, his mindset with other people's. And it says this in verse 21. It says, To my shame, I must say that we were weak for that. But whatever else, dare, but whatever anyone else dares to boast of, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast of that. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. And are they the offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? This is a, a bit of a boast, perhaps. He says, I am a better one. I am talking like a madman with far greater labours, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Uh, a night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys, in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, danger from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, dangers from false brothers in toil and in hardship, though many a sleepless night in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from all other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Okay, so it's an interesting experience that Paul went through. So anybody match that? No? Nobody being beaten, stoned, imprisoned, shipwrecked. No. So he had some ups and downs. So, uh, you know, we could all perhaps say, well, if it, if it whatever peace and resolution that, that uh, Paul discovered um, in the extremity of his experience, we ought to be able to find it in the more limited or the less extreme version of our experience. So in other words, what I'm saying is there's no excuse 
for us not to learn to be content regardless of where we find ourselves. <clears throat> so there are two key words in that, uh, <clears throat> in that verse 11. Um, and in it, Paul credits uh, everything in his relation, his, to his relationship with the one who strengthens him, God. And, and when we look at the life of Paul, we realise that, uh, that he, he spent a lot of time developing that relationship with God. He invested time in study. I mean, in many ways, Paul actually studied a lot about God's plan before he actually became a Christian. Um, he was at um, the Gamaliel, 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 is it? It's a university, right? and became a great student there. Seemed to have passed with a, a first degree or whatever it was, and the equivalent. Um, but once Paul found Christ, he, he continued to invest time in understanding who he was and developing the relationship that he has. He put what he learned and what he understood into practice in every uh, aspect of his life. And he repeated what he knew and what he'd understood and what he'd seen uh, to other people. And, and he encouraged them, as he did himself, uh, to give the glory back to God. And this was the process that Paul had in learning to be content. It was his experience of life, his experience of going through all these different situations, going through the ups and downs. And we, we might say that we have a, a journey that has some parallels with that because we go through things, we go through situations that cause us uh, anxiety, worry, maybe challenge us, uh, cause us to perhaps feel joy or to feel sad to be excited or to be, uh, I don't know, whatever the opposite to excited, unexcited <laughs> uh, in them. Um, and one of the things that, the, that a new year does, it counts as another stone, another uh, element along the way, another unit of time that is then credited to us as what we would call our experience. And hopefully, there will be a 24 and a 25 and a 26 for most of us. Um, and the danger of, of course, is that the, the, the percentage chance of having a, a, another one goes down every time you count another one off. But there you go. Um, fortunately, I've had 75 years of uh, counting New Year's. Uh, not that I counted the early ones, but... Uh, recently I've realised that and, and I've realised that there's a real advantage in having had um, what it would be now uh, somewhere between 50 and 50, well, between 55 and 60 years experience as a Christian um, it has some experience compared to somebody who's only had two or three years uh, there's some value in having gone through stuff and experienced stuff and, you know, learned this process that Paul would learn on how to find a contentment and a peace and an absence of anxiety in all that we experience. 
Okay. By the time Paul, <clears throat> or when Paul wrote this, these words, he had had about 30 years of ministry. So he was about 60 years old, just under 60, when he wrote these words. And uh, <clears throat> in that 30 years, uh, he had experienced the, the things that we've, we've read about just now. Um, and year by year, he learned more. And year by year, the secret of understanding how to be content in all that uh, comes our way was opened up to him. It'd be interesting to know what contentment was in this case. Is it um, a place where you just sit back and whatever happens just goes over the top of your head and you're just blindly uh, accepting that whatever comes your way will happen, sort of a, a case of ras, a ras sort of feeling. Well, no, that's not the word that's here uh, that's translated for us as contentment. Contentment is in this, 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 the sense that it's used here is that whatever comes my way doesn't trouble me, right? Because there's something uh, that's greater and more powerful that uh, resides uh, with me and is available to me that allows me to then not be uh, concerned about the situations that are happening. It doesn't mean that we ignore those things that go up and the, the ups and downs of life. We have to deal with them. You know, sometimes, you know, we have a, uh, a disagreement with somebody or we find ourselves at odds with somebody. We have to deal with that. We have to sort that out. It doesn't, contentment doesn't mean you just let it go by and hope that tomorrow we'll all be friends again. It's not that. It's not a passive position to take and accept. It's, it's one that still has uh, actions and activities uh, that need to be uh, performed um, in order uh, for us to, uh, to be in that place where we are content. Um, I found it worthwhile looking at that verse in, um, in other translations. Um, and I've got two of those here. Uh, first of all, uh, the Amplified Version. Now, this has basically taken the verse and made it twice as long as it was originally. Um, and that's what the Amplified does, doesn't it? It puts in lots of stuff to help you explain it. But this is how that verse goes in the Amplified. It says, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. That was one one. In the message, it says, whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. So the sense in this verse isn't, uh, I find something in myself or an attitude or a mindset which says, I'm just going to accept whatever the day brings and let it be what it is and let it have it. And then try not to be worried or anxious. It's saying, I'm drawing on the power of God who works within me, whom I can trust and place my trust, that whatever comes my way, I am able, with the strength that God gives me, to deal with it. Okay? <clears throat> um, 
as I said earlier, you might think Paul was, this applied to Paul in a greater measure than perhaps ourselves, but uh, that's not so. If we examine the scriptures uh, and we listen to those who have experience of the Christian life, um, or we observe those who we see, in whom we see great faith, uh, you will see that this mystery of contentment is for us all. And, and Paul speaks uh, this, he gives this message to the Philippians, not because he was just wanting to talk about his own self, but he wanted to encourage them. And uh, so, the great thing about the new year is uh, that it can be a time when we reset. As I said, it, part of the, uh, the belief that I have in sharing this verse with you is that it sets a context, it sets a tone for the year to come. Now, if you've been looking at the news this year, the year 2023 doesn't look to be like it's going to be very good, okay? If you look at it in purely terms of what's going on, uh, the, the, the environment that's happening in terms of economy and uh, industrial disputes and things like that, looking at the, the way our country is governed, what's happening in the wider world, right? we could look at it very pessimistically and think, this doesn't look like it's going to be a very good year. Okay. But I think there's a, something God wants to do in each and every one of us that says, okay, starting today, because this is the first day of this year, let's, in our mind and in our hearts, set a tone and a context that says, whatever this year brings, I'm going to trust in God. Whatever happens to me and my family in our circumstances and our situations, we have and can draw on a strength of one who's much greater than those things. And we can know in our hearts a peace and a lack of anxiety and worry and concern right? because we are able to trust in God. So, as I said, the great thing about a new year is it can be a time to reset, a time to set a resolve, a milestone on the next stage of our journey, the next chapter of our life. So... I want to finish just by saying, let us, like Paul, begin to write this new chapter. Trusting the Lord in every way and in every situation and relying on him to be sufficient for the needs that we have. For our circumstances and our situations, whatever they may be. Um, and I believe that God will honour us and he will be all that we need. Uh, if we just continue to put our trust in him. Quite a simple thing, right, going forward. Thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that we can rely on your word. We thank you for the life of Paul, who uh, gives us an example of how to be and how to, to work out things on a practical way in our own lives. And, Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can trust in you because you're faithful, because you are true to all that you have promised. And we want to commit, I want to commit, Lord, these people, this church, uh, to you, you this afternoon, Father, and say, Lord, with this year, with all the foreboding that it might bring as we look ahead, Father, we can look ahead with joy in our hearts and a, a peace in our hearts and minds 
and a, a, an ability to be ready to face whatever the days will bring. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for your encouragement. And pray, Lord, that we might take these things into our hearts, Lord, and set a resolve in our hearts, Father, to, to be good and faithful to all that you've promised and all that you've given us in your word. So I want to commit our, ourselves, Lord, to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Alan.